Hi there, and welcome to the Nordic Natural Beauty Podcast. In this podcast, we share all things Nordic and natural, such as Nordic skincare tips, insights into the natural beauty industry, and unheard behind-the-scenes stories. Make sure you hit the subscribe or follow button so you won't miss the coming episodes. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Nordic Natural Beauty Podcast. Today I'm chatting with Ivan Valencia, an eco-beauty consultant from Sweden. He has a background working with cosmetics giants such as Dior and Estée Lauder, but he has grown to be an advocate for organic skincare over time. Currently he's working as a project director at Loyal Organic Beauty, one of the winning brands known from the Nordic Natural Beauty Awards 2020. In this episode, Ivan shares behind-the-scenes stories from the beauty industry, as well as his learnings from his personal beauty journey, and how it all combined has led him to feel beautiful in his own natural skin. But without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the Nordic Natural Beauty Podcast, Ivan. Thank you very much. Nice to uh, talk to you again, Satu Mekinen. Um, if we would start from somewhere quite beginning, would you like to tell a little bit about who you are and what's your background, what comes to beauty, let's say? Yes, I am a man of 45 years old who has been investigating beauty and the meaning of that through skincare ever since I was a teenager. And I think that I'm not different than any other person that starts to discover the life of your own skin as a teenager, because that's when most changes happen, visible changes for some of us. I had a severe acne uh, when I was a teenager, and of course that had an impact on my self-awareness, and I felt ugly. And that did something to me, and I wanted to change that. I started to try to find solutions about how I could correct my skin. And I wanted to have that perfect skin that I was exposed to in all advertisement, of course. So, And I was bullied because of my acne. It didn't affect me, as far as I know, that much. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, By then, I went to a lot of the conventional stores. I mean, we're talking about the late 80s. And by then, there wasn't anything that uh, nobody talked about organic skincare and such. So, of course, as many others, I was just following whatever was offered. And the advices were constantly about drying out the acne and I had to oily skin, but... And all of that, and also positive comments that people made like, oh, you have really oily skin. You're going to be grateful for about that when you get old. (laughs) And I am. But that's not what a teenager wants to hear, especially someone with uh, with acne. And, And that's where my interest and passion for skincare started. Somehow I realized that appearance is of great importance, if not for others, for yourself. I don't think that anyone can get around that thought that is somehow important because your own appearance is going to be carried by yourself through your whole life. And of course it matters. 
I'm not measuring beauty or not in any case. It's just that appearance is important. Your look is important for yourself. It should be because it's about self-awareness. It's about trying to stay healthy towards yourself, in my opinion. So after that, I actually, <laughs> I went further into, I would say, the a business that is all about looks, the show business. I went into that and I worked within on stage for about 15 years. That was somehow, um, I would like to say, parallel universe <laughs> where you can actually put a lot of makeup on and cover anything. I was transformed into an Asian. I was transformed into a cat. I was transformed into the most crazy stuff and all with makeup. So I, I understood very early the power of uh, looks and the power of what an appearance is because you can transform yourself in so many ways. But with that also came the um, actual knowledge of that you're gone, always going to end up having to remove the makeup, remove the mask, and there you are staring at yourself in the mirror. And that is the person that you have to really accept for who they are and love. And it's taking me so long time because parallel with working on stage, I started actually to work extra within a skincare store. And through that, I got in contact with a lot of brands and I, I really dove into what skincare could be. And I started to find my own ways and it took a while. And so I worked for international brands. I became a makeup artist and it was really, really a very interesting journey. And it hasn't ended because I'm constantly discovering new aspects on beauty. Yeah. While I was working for a very conventional brand such as Estee Lauder and Dior, and um, I had a partner he had a set of the products that I was working with in his bathroom cabinet because we had separate ones. I had a really good life by then. <laughs> <laughs> and so in our spacious bathrooms, we had um, our own cabinets where our own skincare and I provided him with this. And he was a man that he suffered from severe psoriasis at times he could like really have psoriasis even on his eyelids and uh, the skincare nerd that I am, I was constantly trying to find different stuff for him. And so one day I had run out of um, one of my creams, uh, conventional ones. And I went into his cabinet because he had a set of the same stuff that I was using only to find out that he was cheating on me. How dare him? He had found another brand that I found in his cabinet. It was a Swedish brand and it was organic. What is that? And now I'm talking about like 10 years ago or something like that. It was organic. It was a Swedish brand and I was horrified. 
I was horrified because to me it sounded like someone had been like mixing some ingredients in their kitchen. It sounded like really not the real thing, the opposite of the real thing. The world of skincare for me, it consisted of French laboratories and um, super high-tech advertising, and that was the real stuff. And so I took this product that he had, and I actually looked at the ingredients list, and without even me thinking about that, I thought about that afterwards, but I really understood the ingredients list. <laughs> <laughs> And which made me curious about, okay, so if he prefers this, why isn't he using the stuff that I bring? And so I, I did the same with my super high-tech containers of creams. They were really beautiful, and they always are. Uh, you know, the really expensive ones from conventional stores, they're, they put a lot of money into the looks of the package. And I flipped it over to try to read the ingredients list only to discover that, first of all, there was no ingredients list on the actual package. That was in the outer package. That is the first thing that you throw away. Mm. Yeah. And so I had to go back to work and to, to start looking at the products that I was selling in this fancy store. Then... <laughs> I realized that I didn't understand a thing. There was like a gazillions of ingredients in those creams that I was selling, and they costed like thousands and thousands of Swedish crowns, 50 milliliters, and I didn't understand the thing <laughs> of what was in them. More than, I mean, we had a trainer that told us what key ingredients there was, but the big thing for me was that I actually didn't know what I was selling to people. And so I started to ask my colleagues and I started to ask my boss and the trainer. And the only answers that I got back was basically that, oh, why do you care about that? Consumers are not bothered. They're not interested in what's in it. Just stick to the key ingredients that we are telling you. I was still curious because if that simple, organic, homemade cream that I thought of was working for my boyfriend, and I actually understood the simplicity of the ingredient list, I actually understood that. How come that I didn't understand this and what was it really in these products? And so I started to research myself. I started to Google only to find out that I was selling a lot of bullshit to people. I was selling hazardous ingredients. I was selling stuff to people that costed way too much comparing to the costs of actually manufacturing those products. I thought of myself as the middle hand of a criminal act. I was actually helping someone to benefit from people's trust and not even handing the customer something that was doing good or doing the job for them. I was only offering them a quick fix for a lot of money that would result maybe in worse skin health than what they already had. I couldn't do that 
and my sales figure started to drop. I lost the passion for it. I realized that I was doing something bad. I'm that kind of person that I have very strong core values. And I think I adopted that from home. Mm. My bosses realized what was going on. And I started to kind of blog about this topic. <laughs> it ended with, I'm not even sure if I got sacked or if I myself took the decision because we came to an agreement. I was no longer um, going to work for that company. I know I wrote something a long time ago about a slaughter companies linked to breast cancer and their pink ribbon campaign that is actually really scary and people should look that up. And so I wrote something about that on that blog that I had and it resulted in that the Swedish like big boss for Estelotter companies was following me at the store to try to like, you know, mute me or... Uh, oh my to... goodness. <laughs> yeah, because this was something that it wasn't up there back then. People didn't talk about it so much. Mm. I'm not saying that I was a pioneer in any way because there was a lot of people talking about this already. And uh, I realized that this is something that is going to divide people. But the interesting thing is that when I did my last day for that company, I received a phone call. And it was none less than uh, Maria Oakebari, who is today one of the biggest brands in Sweden uh, within the organic field. It was actually one of her creams that I found in the bathroom cabinet. So there was really something interesting going on in the universe. Maybe she read something or maybe she understood or heard something from someone. I don't know. I, I never asked her how it came that she got my phone number and called me because I was actually working on the floor that day and she called and she told me very briefly that she was looking for someone that could promote her makeup range and she had heard about me. And so I quit and then I started to work for her and I did that for six years. Mm. I was like an advisor, a consultant, product developer, I threw in so many ideas and we formed like a really good team with her people and her staff. And um, we made a lot of events and I was so passionate for this brand. All of a sudden, I had a platform. This was something that she had discovered a long time ago, but there was something very exciting about it because um, it was like, not really known for the mainstream public yet. It was something new. And I, I know I sat in a lot of meetings with different organizations for the same industry, the beauty industry. And I realized that a lot of people did not agree with the thought of organic natural skincare being the future. Their ideas of that organic and natural was just a philosophy. They were so strong and they told that, oh, you people with your organic philosophy, when are you going to understand that that's not going to turn into a reality? Like, drop it. I realized somehow that the industry is like the 
car industry and the textile industry and so many other industries as big as the skincare one, they had already started to develop their production towards a more sustainable one. And yes, they still have a long way to go, but they started really early. And comparing with the skincare industry, that one is really far behind. If you think about the amounts of consumers that daily buy skincare product, makeup product, whatever, still way behind. And I find that really interesting because this is something that is having an impact in nature almost immediately. I mean, the moment you put it on, it's having an impact on nature because you are nature. (laughs) It's having an impact on you. And then when you uh, rinse it off, again, it's having an impact on nature that it goes through the draining system out in the waters. And that is something that is having an impact on our food and what we consume. There's just so and so much water in the world just going around. And so this idea of that the human being is isolated from the rest of the world and what we consume, I understood that the majority of people, they live with that idea of what I use is not going to have an impact on anyone else. Through uh, that brand that I was working now for, I got the platform to meet a lot of people, And I always started with asking, how many in here use cosmetic products? And of course, the women would always like, yes, yes, la, 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 la. To a lot of men, skincare or cosmetic products are about makeup and vanity. And so they didn't understand that their shower gel and their deodorant and shaving cream and so on actually forms part of the cosmetic industry. And so that always was very interesting topic uh, because they thought that they were isolated from the whole idea. And so I understood that there was a lot of thirst for knowledge because once you started to talk about (laughs) these things, people actually realized that what they were doing to themselves, to their wallet, and to the (laughs) environment. (laughs) And so... I also then took it a bit further and started to investigate on why is it that organic skincare or natural skincare is so far behind? Why aren't people talking about this? And and to be honest, a lot of natural and organic um, back then was so not sexy. <laughs> it was so not appealing. It wasn't because... A lot of small brands were trying to only mimic what the bigger brands were doing. I mean, still, it's hard to find really good scientific data for a lot of uh, natural oils, for example, because companies don't put their money there. They put their money where it can benefit them. If you create your own version of an ingredient, you can get a patent on it. And so you can't get a patent on argan oil or jojoba oil. (laughs) So that's not interesting. That's not profitable. 
right? So, of course, the conventional part of the skincare industry has been very keen on creating their own ingredients to put a patent on them. That's more profitable. I started to get in contact with more and more people within the natural business, and that was when I started to, with two other people, we founded the um, Organic Beauty Awards here in Sweden. To me, the idea of um, promoting organic beauty as something positive, as something easy to reach, as something that somehow starting to understand its benefit in a very conventional way with an award, making it more appealing. To me, it was important to present organic beauty as any other skincare that you could find to not make that big difference between it. So I really admire people that take that step. And this is for you. I really admire someone like you that that creates something in a positive uh, spirit. Thank you. So, yes, it's. I know the hard work there is behind. So whenever someone does something that inspires other people in a positive spirit, I applaud that because... It's important and we still need that uh, to promote the benefits of natural and organic beauty. Mm. And so that's my journey, <laughs> long journey, but it's really interesting and I'm not done. That journey was to me very much about giving back somehow because I really felt bad after a while uh, when I thought of that I had contributed to really fool and I wanted to somehow uh, clean that away from me. And there's no other better way than offering and promoting something that is a better option for yourself and for many other people. Yeah. Um, I know that you have very interesting concepts, could I call them? Mm -hmm. I know that you're very vocal about authentic beauty, for example, and this probably is a perfect continuation what you were just talking So. Yes. I mean, beauty is part of life, not only mine, but I mean, beauty is part of everybody's life. And I'm not specifically talking about skincare beauty, but beauty generally. Because let's be honest, who doesn't like beautiful things? I mean, really, beautiful things are beautiful. <laughs> and so they are appealing somehow. And that can mean a lot of different things to different people. It's very in individual. But when it comes to our looks and appearances, I've really thought about this. Why is it so important to me to feel beautiful? Why? Why is it important? Am I vain? <laughs> yes, to some extent, I am vain. I admit that. And that is beautiful to admit that you are vain. That does something good. You can laugh about it, like you, <laughs> and that's beautiful. To I can make someone laugh just by by saying that I'm vain, and that's beautiful. But beauty is about so much more when it comes to your health and your spirit. It's about accepting yourself. Acceptance and beauty, I think, they go hand in hand. No matter what you look like, no matter your flaws, and you're, yeah, you're going to have them. Flaws are going to be there in your head. 
you're the only one that probably will see them. And then you have to ask yourself, am I going to get to the point where I accept my flaws? And so yes or no, and I chose yes. I'm going to accept myself as I am. I have to start thinking about myself as beautiful and why. Because when I accept myself as being beautiful, I can let that thought go. I can drop that. I can drop that self-awareness of constantly looking at myself and being worried about, oh my God, are they going to think about my nose, my hair? Are they, What are they going to say? I have to fix it. I have to flat it out. I have to fix my nose. I have to... That constant... Um, self-awareness that becomes an obstacle. When that becomes an obstacle for you, you need to address that. You need to have a look at it and start to ask yourself, why is it becoming an obstacle for me meeting other people? Because the opposite of that is when you really accept yourself and start telling yourself that you are beautiful and you let your self-awareness go because you've accepted it, that's when you open up for others and to take in who they are hmm. and uh, why they are the way they are and starting to understand them. And that's empathy. And empathy is beautiful. <laughs> and so once you are able to do that, um, a whole new world opens where you are not the center of yourself, where you actually open up your eyes to what is around you and not constantly thinking about your angles and how you are going to be seen by others. Because if you go to yourself, don't you just think that people that are open and uh, curious, empathic and they are really exciting people. They don't put their energy or time in being self-conscious. They're not, right? They're not occupied with their own looks. They're just open. And I wanted to be a person like that. And so I started to tell myself daily. And so, side story. <laughs> I ended my relationship with that man that cheated me skincare-wise. After that relationship, I was in a really bad place where I was questioning myself really a lot. I was questioning my looks. I was questioning me as a, as a person because I really I was really left in a bad place. And I think that we've all been there at some point or going there. I hope not, We're, whoever you are listening, I hope not, but the chances are big <laughs> that you might end up there. And that's when no matter how well you were brought up or no matter how cute your parents are, because they have really good parents, no matter, but there are always going to be this person in your life that is going to make you question everything about yourself. And that is a time when you have to confront yourself and really have a look at yourself and say, okay, whatever I'm feeling bad about myself, is this a projection that someone else is making on me or am I this way? And no one is a bad person or should feel bad about themselves. 
So that's when you have to like really start and look at yourself and actually maybe dare to express the words, hey, you there in the mirror, I like you. You're beautiful. You, you are beautiful. You're worth to feel good. I'm going to take care of you. And that's somehow a very healing thought of starting to embrace yourself. And it's hard. It's so hard to start feeling beautiful. I mean, as a person, not only in your appearance, it takes a lot of work, but you have to start somewhere. And so by just repeating that, you know, affirmations, time of the day when you maybe look like hell, you know, when you wake up in the morning, you're all puffy. And still, if you can look yourself in the mirror and, and smile and tell to yourself, okay, you ugly motherfucker, I love you. You are beautiful. <laughs> and I'm going to take care of you today. And so if you start by simply telling yourself that daily, that will actually become a reality. You will think of yourself as beautiful. You're going to build your own self-esteem. You're going to build that little by little. And you have to start somewhere. And that leads to a lot of beautiful meetings with people because you become more open and become more self-confident. And to me, that's beauty. And so if the products that you're using <laughs> then are also aligned with that thought that you are not putting something on you that is being harmful for your being or the environment that you live in, that is aligned to the same beautiful thought of being beautiful. I'm, I'm beautiful in the way that I'm taking care of myself, not only myself, but I'm I'm aligned my lifestyle to actually something that's beautiful. And so the word beautiful has to me become something else than what it was when I was a teenager. When I was a teenager or and even later on, uh, to be honest, <laughs> beautiful was just a word that was about appearance, but it's not. Uh, and the cliche, you know, Beauty comes when from within. Blah, 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 blah. Yes, it's true. It is. But it doesn't only come from within. We don't have to divide beauty into different layers, the inside and the outside. They are the same. They are the same thing. You are not as being divided on your in and outside. Exactly. You are just one. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> You're just one same being. And yes, you have an external part and an internal part. And how about marrying them by letting them both look at each other and say, oh, hey, you're not so bad. No, you're actually beautiful. Okay, let's come along together. <laughs> yeah. Within that, I've been working so long with beauty and I'm at a point where I've realized that it's not so much about the products, to be honest. The products will do, I would say, like 10% of the beautiful work on you. Okay, let's go into something that is related to this. Skin absorbs. It does. 
a long time people talked about that skin didn't absorb anything, blah, 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 blah. But we know that skin absorbs, hence nicotine patches, hence pain-killing creams, and so on. And so when, when we know this, that skin absorbs again, what do you want to feed your skin with? And why is that important? Because that's just um, part of creating yourself. That's part of your health. If you're not aware of what you are choosing to consume through the skin, you are not being self-aware. Because would you eat something that you know would damage your system? I know that a lot of people would, hence people are smoking and so on. So it's kind of a stupid question. But if you really think about it, people are eating McDonald's still, and even me sometimes. I shouldn't say that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but if you do that continuously, it will shape you. If you eat bad, it will shape you. If you consume bad stuff, that will shape you. And the same thing goes for skincare and how you choose. But let's not forget that skin actually comes from the inside. What we see, the, the outer layers of our skin that's visual to us, please know that that is the last step. That is the result of what you ate about one month ago. That's what you see when you look at your skin. It's that simple result. So if you want to be like genuine and beautiful and taking care of yourself, that's where it all starts with what you eat, what you consume, because it starts in the gut. And then it takes one month for the skin cells to travel from being nothing to be dead skin cells that we have to peel away all the time. <laughs> and so uh, for anyone who only trusts in creams or any product, skincare products to keep their skin beautiful, I'm sorry to tell you that, but that is the last resort you should have started way long before <laughs> with what you eat to achieve a beautiful skin. And that also goes with the whole idea of how do I think about myself? What am I worth? Do I want good stuff for me? Or am I just choosing randomly? And I think that transcends through all our decisions that we make through our lives, right? Mm. Yeah. So yes, skincare might help you to become a bit more beautiful, but it can never do the full job for you. It's just one small part of a very big picture of being beautiful. Mm. And how would you separate here, for example, natural beauty products and the traditional beauty products? Oh, well, yes. Thank you for asking because this is my thing. <laughs> <laughs> so... Let me just give you a brief backstory about the conventional skincare production. Because skincare has always been around somehow. I mean, when we were hunters and gatherers, we actually cared about our skin. We did. 
We were all about natural products and flower, cooking flowers and different plants and stuff like that. And it's not until after World War I that it started to change. And that is quite recently, <laughs> if you think about it in a longer perspective. And so that's when we started to discover how to benefit from byproducts from other industries, you know. And so that's when also women were the main target for commercial ads uh, because they were the ones at home and someone had to consume. Now that the industry was revolutionizing all over the world, someone had to consume all that stuff. You know, makeup had been really bad stuff and that was only something that hookers used to get customers. All of a sudden, with all the ingredients, all the now uh, revolutionizing ideas of industrialism, it was all of a sudden manufactured for everybody all over the world, and that just grew. I mean, the whole idea of mass production, I mean, really appealing for anyone that wants to make money. The whole idea of mass production is that you keep your costs really low, and if you think about it, if you have to grow a plant, it takes a lot of time. And you can't grow it just anywhere in the world. So if you can find that kind of similar sensation, but synthetic, if you can produce it yourself or from a byproduct, and it's way much cheaper, of course you're going to choose that if you're mass producing. One of the pioneers within beauty Helena Rubinstein, I think it was like in 1920s, somewhere like that. She was a smart lady. She was not the first, but she was the lady that came up with the whole idea of different skin types and the skin routine as we know it today. Cleanser, toner, cream. And from the beginning, it was only one cream. It wasn't until her... Uh, she had like this gay man, Harry Fleming, that was her advisor. And he was the one advising her to create night cream of the same day cream because then she would earn more money. And so she did that. If you think about it, ever since then, Helena Rubinstein, the pioneer, we've been using the same stuff. Nothing has changed within the skincare industry. Even the natural organic uh, brands are still mimicking that because it's a good concept. But we tend to forget what was actually the purpose of using skincare. I mean, listen to the word skin care. So to me, that has been working a lot with this. I know what skincare is to me. It's really those words. So to be able to care about my skin, because I know and I'm aware that my skin is alive, it has a lot of microbes, it has a lot of living stuff. I always think about myself, I'm on my own planet. And there are actually inhabitants on me that I need to take care of, because if I don't, this planet that I am, it will end somehow really bad as our planet is. And so we're not different. We're just like a smaller version of the planet that we are living in. So I need to bring nourishment into my system again. 
what I was talking about before. I need to bring the good stuff. And so to me, a synthetic ingredient has no vitamins, has no trace minerals, has no fatty acids. How can it possibly support the skin's own natural mechanism to become more resilient to outer stress? How? Until this day, I haven't met a person that can answer that question. But and then when I turn to natural and organic stuff, that to me means that, okay, plants, berries, whatever plants, they grow due to photosynthesis. That means that the sun's rays, the sun is energy, energy hits something in our soil, and that energy is so potent that it makes it grow, and that is life. And life is good. Life is movement. Life is a process that is about moving forward, uh, evolution, call it what you want. It's about constantly succeeding, constantly surviving, constantly making things better. To me, that is what comes from photosynthesis, life. And so if I want to nurture myself, I can only do that with life. And that's why we eat vegetables, because we want to consume life. We need that because we are living beings. And so I cannot fuel my system with dead materials. That's just an impossible equation. If you think about it, a lot of organic products, cold-pressed oils from nature, they don't even need preservatives. They don't. Because... There's a lot of organic stuff that is alive that takes care of themselves to make my skin more resilient and to actually support the skin's own mechanism. I need things that my body understands, that my body knows how and understands how to process to gain out of that, to have a maximum gain because that's what the body does. Whatever you put in it, it will immediately try to convert that into something profitable for your body. Yeah, and that's what nature does all the time, all the time, all the time, all the time. And so then I need simple stuff. I need nature. I need nature to support nature. I need nature to support myself. That's what I need. It's simple as that. And so when I have an oil that is so saturated with omega fat acids, with vitamins, with trace minerals, with stuff like that. When I have a product that is saturated with that, that's beneficial for me. That's healthy. To me, that's the difference between conventional skincare and natural and organic one. Yes, it is. Yeah. So you're really far in this natural adventure towards organic and all how do you see us humans going onwards how do you see the future of beauty industry and cosmetics as i was telling you before 10 years ago there was not so much interest for this today we have a different uh, landscape 
even the giants within skincare, they are all of a sudden are open to everything that is organic and natural. And that is, uh, it's logic because our planet and our environment is running out of natural sources. So we have to be creative. We have to find new ways because um, we're not going to stop trying to earn money because that's part of the system that we are used to live in. There's always going to be people profiting out of skincare. People are becoming more and more aware every day, asking the hard questions, understanding the simplicity behind what they are consuming. And so with that comes, of course, that the industry has to make a change. And I see that. I see also that smaller companies, smaller skincare brands are gaining trust from the consumers because all of a sudden you understand. Exactly the same thing that I experienced once, I'm far from alone of experiencing that I did understand what this product contained versus to the other one that I didn't understand at all. And nobody could answer those questions. So where would I go? And that is happening more broader, broader and broader and broader. So I see that small companies of organic and natural skincare, they're gaining territory. So that's, I think, um, what is going on today. But moving on, um, when we're talking about skincare and such, I think that we in the future are going to see less and less and less skincare being sold or being asked for. Simply by the reason that when I have like a, a good look at what's going on with people, we're all in the point where we're trying to go back to something that is innately within us. I mean, if you look at the different like um, workout concepts, a lot of people that used to use a lot of machines, they are now moving on to using their own body weight to reach like uh, healthier bodies. All of a sudden, we've become more aware of that our body and the system within it is a quite tough one. And it's so well equipped to resist a lot of stress and uh, it's equipped to really take care of itself with the most simple things. And skin is no different. The own grease or fat that we produce contains so many beneficial ingredients or whatever you would call it to take care of it itself. So all those skincare products that we've been taught to use since uh, World War I, they have just been like a made us, made our skin to retard. If you understand the word retard, it's the opposite of becoming more resilient. It's going back. It's making the skin worse. It's uh, not helping it to develop. When our skin is so well equipped to take care and balance itself, I have to explain one thing. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Skin. What skin gladly accepts 
And what makes skin feel really good is moist and fat combined, hence creams. Creams are emulsions consisting of any kind of moist and fat. And fat can be like uh, synthetic fats or it can be natural fats. Animalistic fats, there are many different fats. But that's what skin really loves, moist and fat. Well, good to know <laughs> is that our body produces it. Our body produces sweat and the sebum on our skin is an emulsion of the body's own moist and fat. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever we start to manipulating that in some way, you are doing something that is putting your own system out of balance. And so then you will need to have something to rebalance it, which tells you that if you didn't do any of it to begin with, <laughs> exactly, your body would feel like great and take care of itself, right? Mm. I mean, if you break a bone in your body, the body takes care of that and repairs that. And why would our skin work any different? If our skin is being harmed or if it gets any cuts, It repairs itself. And that gives you like a hint of the body's ability to constantly repair itself, balance itself, help you to survive. And we have to start listening to that. So I think that within a near future, we will start to understand that we need to uh, simplify our skincare routine even more. And I think that's already happening. We are starting to understand that surfactants in skincare products really are harming the microbes living on the skin. And microbiome is actually not only bacteria, it's also good to know it's fungi living on your skin, it's um, viruses, and they all contribute to the amazing thing that you are you consist of that. And so you need to take care of that in a good way to keep it balanced because that is ultimately what is going to form you into a healthy being. In the future, we're going to have to think of, do I really need like 11 ritual products or do I even need to use almond oil that is helping the environment to dry out? because they have to water the plants, of course. Do I really need that? The simple answer is no. The answer to why we need all these skincare products is because our skin's own health is becoming worse. For every day that we choose a surfactant, for every day that we choose to put anything into our system or our body, we are also putting our own health at stake and... Um, I am 100% sure of that the Greta Thunberg generation, they are not going to use skincare products the way that we are. There's a generation, maybe even younger than Greta Thunberg, their whole view on beauty is going to be a completely different one than the one I grew up with. I am 100% sure of that 
skincare, beauty products are going to be less important for people in the future. Yeah, that kind of brings this whole circle together that what you get from the nature, you can nurture yourself and feel authentically beautiful about yourself. Yes, it's all aligned. Uh, where can people follow you personally and where can they chat with you? Whoever wants to come in contact with me in my craziness um, <laughs> can reach me on my Instagram at Valencian Life or just send me an email. I have the longest email ever. <laughs> Ivan at ecobeautyconsultant.com and just say hi whenever you, you see me out on the streets. I'm kind of blind, so you have to like really wave at me. Uh, but feel free. I'm always very open to have really interesting conversations and exchanging ideas with people that are promoting a healthier view on beauty. Cool. Well, thank you for all your insights and thank you for being on this show. <laughs> thank you for having me. Uh, I'm really happy to get this space to talk about this. I have to give you this, that it's really inspiring whatever it is you're doing with nordic natural beauty awards is something that is important and needs to grow yeah i agree because uh we're far from done <laughs> we're <laughs> promoting the whole idea of uh, sustainability within skincare thank you for listening to this episode of the nordic natural beauty podcast Make sure you have subscribed or you follow the podcast so you won't miss the coming episodes. If you know someone that would love to know more about the subjects that we're discussing in this podcast, please share this episode. We will keep sharing all things Nordic and natural, such as Nordic skincare tips, insights into the natural beauty industry and unheard behind scenes stories. You can follow the Nordic Natural Beauty Journey also on our Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn and Pinterest pages, simply at Nordic Natural Beauty Awards and on Twitter at NNB Awards. Until next week, bye-bye! Because with Yvonne, there is just so much to talk about, we will continue our chat with another topic next week.